The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And hello, everybody, and welcome back to hour number two of Sports Talk New York here on Long Island's WGBB. Gary Harding and John Panarese with you. Brian Graves on the other side of the glass. Uh, for this hour, we're going to have two guests. Our first guest will be on in a second. will be former Islander Aaron Asham in our round two of Islander alumni uh, segment. And on the second half, we're going to have David Shapiro from the Blue Seat Sleep Blogs. Yes, we are going to talk New York Rangers as I'm sitting here in my 1989-1990 Glenn Healy jersey. Yes, we're going to talk Ranger hockey. Hey, winners of two in a row. They're, they've seemed like they've got their game back. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk with David and check on the status of the New York Rangers. But uh, right now, Brian, if you can get that music back on for me, please. <laughs> And again, we thank Paul Cartier, uh, the organist of the New York Islanders, for allowing me to use this uh, promo in our broadcast. But again, uh, we had Rich P on in the first hour of sport of WGBB Sports Talk New York, and uh, this hour we are honored to have former Islander Aaron Esham join us on the telecast. Uh, Aaron, it's Gary Harding and John here in beautiful downtown America. How are you doing this evening? Good, good, guys. How are you guys doing? All right. Um, just to uh, give a little start um, to let some of our younger fans that may not know um, about about you, Aaron, just uh, give us a little bit of, say, a 2020 version of the um, of the report on you. You know, tell us you know a little bit on on uh, your development and coming into the NHL and and what was what was the what would be the scouting report on Aaron Ashton, the hockey player. Well, when I was in junior, I was actually, uh, you know, I was quite the scorer. I was averaging 95 points a year. Uh, my last two years, uh, I was, uh, you know, averaging a point a game. So, but still, I like to mix it up and, you know, I was in the Pemadax quite a bit. And, <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with that. In the minors, yeah, exactly. And then the, my, my first year in the minors, uh, you know, took me, uh, I'd say like good two or three months to to adjust to the game. You know, coming from junior to pro, uh, everyone's bigger, everyone's stronger, faster. So it took me a little bit to get adjusted. But once I got adjusted, I was, uh, you know, I had a great second half. I uh, I think I was close to the league lead in uh, in, in playoffs, and uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. And you know, worked my way up into Montreal and spent. Uh, Around two two seasons, two and a little bit there, but I was you know, more of an up and down guy my first few years, and then after that, I was kind of secured my uh, secured my spot, and uh, then I was traded over to the Isles and spent four great years here, and uh, you know still call it home. And then after that, there was uh, pinballing everywhere around the uh, <laughs> yeah. the Atlantic Division, and uh, and then uh, ended my uh, my career with the Rangers. Yeah, so I'm sure you have uh, the wall of your house. I'm sure is uh, decorated with a lot of different colored jerseys. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just you know, it's it's interesting because I, I remember when you when you came to the island, and you know, as I said to to Rich Pilon, you know, you're, you're the type of player that that that's 
I'm I'm a fan of your type of player. I, the guys who play heart and soul and stand up for their teammates, and that's the things that I I remember you as an Islander, and then your shot and and scoring. Um, but what was it like playing? Like you you were one of the rare guys who got to play in every team in the division. Uh, and scored a goal, by the way, on 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 every team. You know the, the Islanders, uh, the Devils, uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and the Rangers. So what was that like, kind of bouncing around to those teams, and all of a sudden, guys who were like enemies are now your teammates, and vice versa. It was uh, it was definitely different, but uh, you know, I guess playing against you know these guys six, seven times a year, you know they, you know they kind of. Uh, you know, at least someone liked me, I guess. Uh, you know, it seemed like everyone, someone wanted to sign me for a few years. So. <laughs> but, uh, but it, yeah, it was definitely tough. You know, you, you go to one team and, you know, you're there for a few years and you make, you know, a lot of friends and stick up for your guys. You know, you're, they're, they're like a family. And then you go to the home, you know, crash down rival and, you know, sign there. And, you know, so, uh, it's definitely tough, but, you know, it's a, it's a part of the game. It's uh, you know, it was, it was my job to go there and play hard for whatever team I was on. But uh, you know, the guys knew. Uh, you know, we'll be talk, maybe go for dinner before the game. But you know, while the game's going on, you know, I'm going to hate your guts for a couple hours. <laughs> but go for a beer after that. But uh, you know, everyone knew that, and that was that was definitely the tough part of it. I mean, when you came, obviously, you, as you mentioned, you, you know, the beginning part of your career, you know, you know going back and forth between the Canadians and the and the minors uh coming back to, to get us you know uh struggling to, to stay up on the lineup and you got obviously the trade to the island and um you know going on a team with with the amount of talent that was there and I, I'm just I'm just going back and looking at the stats I mean there were there was some good offensive talent and it seems like you you seem to mesh in almost immediately with with some of these guys um you know on that 2002-3 Islander team yeah, it was you know it was just a great dressing room. I thought you know uh, you know we had Tex and uh, you know Batesy, Carnsey, and you know Gar Snow. Snowy was still uh, was still playing back then. And, yep. You know uh, everyone liked each other. Uh, you know we just we had fun. We went out there and we uh, you know tried to play the best of our capability, our, our, cap- our capabilities, and you know it was uh, it was definitely uh, different because you know I I always played in Canada, you know, the only time I really came to the States was, you know, on a, on a road trip and I was in and out. You know, I come to, uh, you know, a place like New York, it was kind of, uh, I was kind of taken back a little bit, but, uh, you know, I've been here ever since, so, you know, it, it kind of grew on me, definitely. Now, what, what's, you know, you, you were saying earlier, you know, when you came up through juniors and you, you were, uh, you know, a scorer, and and get racked up your points, and then when you hit the NHL, you were more known for that guy who's going to stand up for for his teammates. Was that a role that you didn't mind embracing? Did you want to do more scoring? Would it have been better if you were able to put the puck in the net more, or did you enjoy the role of being that guy who's gonna who's gonna stand up for for somebody else? Well, you know, I definitely wanted to, you know. Put up the points. The more, uh, the more goals, the more points you get. The more bucks you get, right? So, <laughs> That's true. But, uh, you know, the it's just you know, the, my, I had to change my game because I, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't a top two line guy. I was, you know, three and four guy, and you know, those guys are, you know, 
relying more of a check and roll and you know uh chipping offensively whenever you know whenever we can and and uh you know that's kind of how i had to change my game yeah i want to be on the first time power play i want to be on the first line but you know i wasn't fast enough and i you know i i think skill wise i was there I, you know i think i think i could but you know it's uh the best league in the world and you know the best players and uh I was just happy to be there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I can remember, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of people, especially, um, you know, being involved with the Booster Club and stuff like that. And a lot of people I know, uh, especially the first uh, first two seasons, were considering you up for the uh, for the Nystrom Award for the hustle and dedication and passion, because I know that's what we saw up in the stands. Well, and you know, there was, uh, um, it's and it seems like um, as the uh, Sorry, I'm just looking. I'm just lost my computer screen for a second. Um, it seems like um, the development of friends and stuff like that in this team. Again, as you said, you know, uh, I just started to get involved with with blogging and being involved in the media, and it seemed like that locker room was probably one of the most closest locker rooms that I've seen over the last twenty years. I mean, just describe some of the, uh, you know, some of the stuff going on. I know you and Eric Cairns seem to be very close. Um, during the years uh, playing, yeah, you know, you know, Kersey Duff, you know, he was uh, he was in the league, uh, if, you know, a few years before me, and uh, you know, those you know those tough guy mentalities, you know, you're always kind of looking out for each other, and uh, you know, it was always nice, uh, you know, having the big guy there, and uh, you know, then we had Batesy, <laughs> you know, there's there's not too many guys like Sean Bates, and you know, we had That's Mark Parrish. Sure. <laughs> Brad Isbister and Jason Weimer, you know, we had a lot of great character guys and, you know, a lot of fun guys to keep everything loose. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had Kenny there to kind of, uh, you know, try to tame everyone down and, uh, you know, Yash, you know, we had a very skilled team and, you know, it was just too bad we just couldn't put it all together in the playoffs. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that I do, you know. I'm not even sure if we made the playoffs that year. It's, Oh, two thousand three. Yeah, that was the season. The series. Uh, you guys lost to Ottawa. Ottawa. Yes, that's it. That's it. Because that was the year I mean, after the. Um, I guess before you arrived, that was the, the year of the the yeah. series with Toronto. Toronto. That was a great series. I was I was actually playing with. Uh, we were playing Boston with Montreal, and uh, I couldn't keep my eyes off that series. That was just fun to watch. <laughs> Especially with, with that, with, when Eric fought uh, Shane Corson, you know, doing his yeah, and then Tyson Bates went at it, and yeah, it was uh, it was the, the call. The callie was just rocking. It was it was awesome to watch, and you know, to be to be there that next year, and you know, with a great fan base, and you know, it's uh, it's definitely memorable. Now, what do you think of the way the league is is progressing now? You've been out of the league for a few years now, and I, you know, I, 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 not to get on a soapbox here myself, but you know, as an old school hockey fan, you know, I hear too many people talking about you know the tough guy role is is really you know a dying breed in the NHL, and I, I you know, and I'm not saying that I condone fighting and, and love that aspect of the game, but it's a physical game, it's an emotional game, and it's a part of the game, and guys like you and, and, and you know, and Mick Vakoda and, and, you know, of that ilk, those to me, you know, you were talking about the third and fourth liners, those are the guys that, to me, win Stanley Cups. Yeah, you get the scoring and you get the goaltending, but those role players, those character players are what define 
you know, a lot of times in important moments in games when there's an emotional swing needed. So what are you, what are your thoughts on the direction of the game and how, how, you know, how that role is changing? Well, you know, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's not like the old days, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it's everyone's bigger, everyone's stronger, everyone's faster. And, uh, you know, it's, I guess they just feel there's a need not to, not to have those roles as much. Uh, you know, there's a few guys that, that are, uh, that are still around, but, you know, not the true heavyweights, the, you know, the guys that, you know, if you touch Crosby or Barzell or McDavid, like, you're gonna pay for it. And they don't have those guys besides Reeves and, and, uh, jeez. Yeah, there's very few of them. Ryan Reeves Tara, is a monster. I, you know, Big Z still, still, you know, he's probably the toughest guy in the league, I think. You know, but other than that, it's, you know, you got to be able to play the game now. And it's, uh, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot more injuries, I think, and guys taking liberties without... Uh, yeah, that's that's my thought, too, is that... I think the protective role that you guys like you played is going to be missed because guys who are the superstars are going to be more open, fair game. You know what I mean? And and you know, maybe I'm just like I said, maybe I'm just a dinosaur. I don't I don't know. I'd like to actually ask the you know the Sidney Crosby or uh, you know Gino or you know these superstars in the league. Like, how do you guys feel about it? Like. Do you feel more comfortable with an Eric Goddard in the lineup or without him, you know? And okay. guaranteed they're going to say, you know, you're going to feel better with Godzi or whoever may be, George Rock, whoever may be in the lineup because, you know, they're going to have that, you know, that guy willing to, you know, yeah, do stand up. dirty work if right. someone, you know, puts their hand on him or rubs him the wrong way, so. So as as we said before, and we we talked about your career, you 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 got to play in you know in on every team, you know in the in the Northeast Division. Obviously, going to Jersey after leaving the Islanders, then with Philly, then Pittsburgh, the Rangers. Um, what was it like coming back? You know, I mean, you know, you had your best, obviously, statistic wise, you had your best years of your career as a New York Islander. I mean, you know, when you get when you go to another you know another team. You know, as we, as John, you talked before. You know, what's that that first time when you go back to an arena that that really embraced you and and, and you know and took you as one of your own, and you come back. You know, I, I assume at, at when you were playing for the Devils, and the first time you came back to the Coliseum, what was that moment feeling like when you when you're going into the other locker room and you're you know you're hearing the crowd and you know stepping onto the ice as the opponent. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you know you definitely missed it. You know, it's those first few games back after uh, after it left always uh, always a bit awkward because usually you still have a lot of friends and, you know you meet a lot of people in uh, just not the hockey you know just not at the hockey guys you know you meet your neighbors you know you meet people in restaurants you know just, you, you know you have a lot of people that you know you get to come back and see and, you know but it's, it's it's definitely tough it's definitely weird the first few games but after that it, you know it's it's a job. It's, it's, it's my job. Yeah, I got to go up there. And, yeah, I got to finish a check on him, or I got to finish a check on him. Or <laughs> yeah. I got to fight him. It's just, uh, it's just, you know, something you got to do. And they know it's my, it, you know, that they know it's 
I have to do it, so it's, it's all part of the game. Yep. Who who were the guys who were like the toughest to play against when you were there? Who were the guys who were like, oh God, he's playing tonight, you know that kind of thing. Oh geez, there was, you know, there's always Orr McGratton. There was mm-hmm. Big George the Rock. <clears throat> you know, even the like this Cam Jansen was always tough to play against because you always have to have your head up because he's going to take it off with a head <laughs> or you know one of his fists. And you know Matt Matt Barnaby Avery, those guys were tough to play against because they're in your ear. And, you know, they're chirping you all game, so. <laughs> you know, but, you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of big scary men back then. Jody Shelley, like, there's this, the league was oh, full yeah. of tough guys, and, you know, uh, not so much now. Now, um, I just was, again, doing, doing research and looking into stats, and, uh, just curious, I mean, after, um, the 13, 14 season that you, uh, I saw an article and read that you actually went in, went to Gander, Newfoundland, and I'll tell you, I I've uh, recently on I, I use an Ama, either was Amazon or Netflix. I was watching this show called the uh, on CBC called The Republic of Doyle, and it's based out of Newfoundland, and Newfoundland, I am totally yeah. obsessed with Newfoundland. Sorry, I know I said oh. it wrong. I <laughs> yeah, 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 Newfoundland, yeah, Newfoundland, yeah. but it's uh. Let me tell you, what like just what a place, like what a product it is. It's, I uh, I actually uh, my buddy Terry Ryan, uh, I played junior with him, and he was with Montreal. We got drafted in Montreal. He was ninety five, I was ninety six. And you know, we just became you know really good friends, and uh, <clears throat> it's you know we always wanted to play together one more time. And you know, I was. So I was 36, I think, 37, and, you know, I still had the edge to play some competitive hockey, and he was like, why don't you come out here, and we'll fly you out here and put you up in the hotel for the weekend to play a couple games, we'll give you a little cash, and, you know, we'll get to play together again, and so I was like, you know what, why not, I still had the edge, my wife was like, sure, you know, go ahead and play, it's only going to be the weekend, so I'd leave Friday afternoon and arrive in Newfoundland. Friday night, play a game Saturday, play a game Sunday, fly home Monday. So it was just, you know, kind of a weekend gig. And That's pretty cool. <laughs> I, That's it, pretty was, cool. it was a blast. I, had, I only had to fight once, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was scoring goals, and it was it, it was nice to, to get out there and, you know, be a first-line guy, be a first-line power play, and, you know, be able to wheel and deal and, you know, have some fun again. It was uh it was a lot of fun and a lot of party, and those boys can drink out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great scenery there. Um, so oh, yeah, just the, you know, just the countryside, the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, and it's just, it's just beautiful. And, uh, I can't wait to go back, you know, the, uh, the fish and brew, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just a great, great place. I actually have a friend there that's, uh, Jeremy Charles, who I met through Terry Ryan, who's like one of the best chefs in the world. And, it's always nice to stop in and see him at his restaurant. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just a great place, boys. You definitely should go. Definitely. The people there are phenomenal. It's on a bucket list. It's on a bucket list. <laughs> so, um, so actually, now, in a few minutes, we got you still on the air, Aaron. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about what, what you're doing now uh, post-hockey? Well, I live in uh, Point Lookout. Out on the South Shore, not too far from you, boys. Yeah, in your great area. Uh, great area. Yeah, I've been out here for uh, for about 17 years now. I'm uh, working with the Islanders 
some uh, head NHL, uh, I guess they're head uh, alumni for amateur hockey. So I uh, run clinics. I uh, actually coach a U14 AAA team here on the island, the Junior Islanders. So I'm, I'm so busy in the community. Uh, I do the learn to play through the NHL around the island, introducing the game to, uh, to first, you know, to kids that want to start up and, you know, they have that itch to play hockey and, uh, you know, we're trying to bring them in and trying to grow the sport, uh, on the island as much as we can. That's awesome. Oh, and I'm, I'm and I'm also in the insurance business. I'm, uh, just, uh, recently being hired by, uh, hotel and insurance. So uh kind of doing that as well and uh trying to combine everything and uh mixing golf here and there, whatever I can. Every chance you get. And not right now, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Does this remind you of Manitoba right now? <laughs> it's actually nice. I just wish there was uh, a lake close by where I could do some ice fishing. And, uh, that's what I'm missing the most. My easy take the kids back home in the winter and do some ice fishing with my brothers up north and, were you not from the, uh, Were the, you from the Winnipeg area, Aaron? Or, or just yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Portage Prairie. It's, uh, oh, okay, I'm familiar with it. it yeah, I'm I'm just like a, probably an hour uh, mm-hmm. northwest of uh, of Winnipeg. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's it's a testament, Aaron, and I'm glad you know you mentioned that. You know, you made Long Island your home, and you know that 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 speaks volumes because. I think the the biggest misconception, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and you may have known that before, you know, when you when you came in with Montreal, that num- not many people know about Long Island. They just think it's just it's just the arena and the hotel, and that was it. I would assume that's the way you felt before you came here. I was I was a little surprised. Yeah, like I I didn't know much about it. I was you know the Coliseum was like you know I I came from the Bell Center. It was like four years. Four years, you know, new, and uh, I, I came to an older building with the, you know, the you know the facilities weren't great when I was there. We had a couple of uh, leaks, <laughs> you yeah. say, but uh, you know, I, I I came here and I just fell in love with it. And you know, the people are great. The fan base is phenomenal. Uh, I lived in a great area, and you know, I met a lot of great people, and. Uh, you know, not planning on going anywhere anytime soon, and uh, you know, this is uh, this is home. And my both of my boys were born here on the island, and go to school and play hockey. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, to that part of my life for sure. And of course, uh, I'm sure you've uh, had a chance to possibly take a little uh, sneak peek of uh, <laughs> the potential new home, the new homecoming in October. I actually haven't been out there yet. Oh, you I haven't? Know. Oh, okay. No, I haven't, but I am, uh, it, it's definitely going to happen soon. I'm curious on, uh, on how it's coming along and, uh, and just real excited for it. I think, uh, I think the fans are going to be blown away by it and, and, you know, I think they deserve it. Yeah, we, uh, we as, we as fans been through a lot, Aaron. And listen, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us, uh, tonight on the show. And, uh, like I said, best of luck yeah, and hopefully, definitely. uh, Hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you either not around the Coliseum, but hopefully we'll see you at UBS uh, next season. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Tonight. All right, have Thank a great you. night, Aaron. Take care. Thanks, buddy, guys. All right, Thanks, so that was Aaron Asham. A great interview. Again, you know uh, the two guys we had uh, on our alumni corner. Again, both both from the same ilk. Both passionate, hardworking yeah, players. Soul players. Yeah, you know, the guys, guys that I you really.
you guys that you really want to root for. And and I know, um, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised because, again, he just never had the chance, I think, to make his mark in Montreal. He was kept just getting bounced back yeah. and forth. You know, he got he got solid playing time here. And, and it showed, if you look at his stats, it showed he had his best uh, seasons best of his career. Seasons, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and he didn't put... You know, he is a physical guy. He didn't put, but he didn't put a tremendous amount of penalty minutes in. Yeah. You know, he, he picked and choose what he had to do. And again, you know, um, you know, him and, to me, him and Aaron Cairns were in the same ilk. You know, they're, they're, they're big, strong guys. They're not going to be in the penalty box all the time, but, you know, if you need somebody, you know, that would stand up for, to stand you. Up for you or to, you know, be on your side of the corner, you know, they were, they were definitely the ones to do it. And, now, unfortunately, we didn't really get really into talking to about him, uh, you know, playing, of course, with the Crosstown Rivals. But, you know, uh, we're going to have to – I'm going to have to kind of, like, hide this shirt now, you know, because <laughs> we're going to be talking with David Shapiro from the Blue Sea Blogs in a couple minutes, talking range of hockey. Can you handle it, John? Yeah, I guess. I yeah, guess we, I can put we, up for it. No, I don't, I don't mind. No, that's, no, of course I'm not. I'm a hockey fan, so. We, that's it. And we, we always stress that. You know, we do love our team, but – we do love the I game. I love the game, and, and exactly. you know, so that's the no most important thing. So uh, we uh, will take our final break of the evening, I guess. And uh, when we come back, again, David Shapiro from Blue Sea Blogs will be joining us talking Ranger Pucks. So Gary and John, back with her. One more break. Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. Okay, Gary and John back on WGBB Sports Talk New York in our last segment of the evening. Um, we have devoted the first 90 minutes to our team, but we are now going to cross over the tunnel. John, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. We're crossing over. We're crossing over to the... Uh, to the west side of Manhattan, and we are bringing in our final guest of the evening, David Shabiro from the Blue Sea Blogs. David, it's Gary and John here on WGBB Sports Talk on in um, beautiful downtown Merrick, New York. How are you this evening? David, are you there? Oops, we lost him. We'll try again. We'll, try, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back. We'll get him back. Uh, by the way, with a minute and 45 seconds left in period number two, John, in Lake Tahoe, Philadelphia 2, Boston 6. Oh, Boston scored three goals. Wow. Three goals. Well, four goals in the third period. It was 2-2. Two, two. They got four goals in the third period. I'm just looking right now to see. Third uh, period or second? Second period. period. I mean, I'm sorry. But Pashnak still has only two. So one from uh, Frederick, one it. from Nick Ritchie, one from Charlie Coyle. So, uh, yeah, so 6-2 six, six, closing in at the end of the second period. So uh, that's quite a, quite an interesting story in Tahoe. But we got our guest back, uh, David Shapiro, on the line from Blue Sea Bogs. David, it's Gary and John here on WGBB Sports Talk. How are you doing tonight? I'm good tonight. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Uh, we're doing very well. Um, 
right now uh, a good two-game uh, win streak for the Rangers. Just give us your initial thoughts of uh, the past couple of nights. It looks uh, looks pretty good for the boys in blue. It took them long enough, but I'll take it. Uh, oh, man, the last four games before that were a little rough. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot to focus on with the Rangers, but I'm going to focus on the positives, and that's their defensive play. Oh. The last two games, they have done an incredible job of limiting the opposition to the outside. They're really not giving up anything in the middle. They're making teams work. And that's been the basis of why they've been winning. And they're doing it shorthanded, too. They don't have Truba. Yep. And big, big that's a big loss when you don't have your top right defenseman and you more or less dismiss one of your others. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we'll leave that one go. <laughs> <laughs> they more or less fired him into the sun. Yes. So <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... It, Team defense, and the big thing that I'm noticing is the forwards are much more engaged. You have F1 coming back into the play who is covering the high slot, Mm -hmm. and you have at least one defenseman covering the back door, and that's something that they hadn't done in the past. And all credit to Jacques Martin with that because this team is playing much more structured, and they're able to get by without... Mika Zibanejad scoring. They're able to get by with, it's going to sound weird, but Artemi Panarin only having five goals and 18 points through 15 games. Only. They're able to get past Chris Kreider's six points in 16 games because they're limiting the opposition's scoring chances. And honestly, Igor Shesterkin has been amazing in that. And if they ever transition to him full-time over Georgiev, you're going to start seeing them going on a run. Well, I'll I'll tell you something. John and I talked this on the car on the way in. Um... You know, it's all great, you know, having, you know, a pick like Alexei Lafreniere. And I know and we'll talk about him later. And I'm not, I'm, um, I, and, you know, I see a lot of good things in him. But I'll tell you, that Keandre Miller is one stud of a player. It showed all the development skills that he got in the U.S. development program. It's another testament to, to the great work that they do in building some of these young kids. And, you know, somebody said, somebody, one of my friends that's a, a real, Real big Ranger fan said to me, he says, I guarantee you, he says, you're going to be, you're going to be drooling over this kid in a year. I'm drooling over this kid in about a month and a half. I did not expect him to do what he has done so quickly. Now we knew he was the real deal. We knew he had all the talent in the world. Yep. But to step in and instantly be a top pairing defenseman, he's their best left defenseman right now. No question. And, most Ranger fans expected him to be in the AHL for at least half a season with the Rangers rotating between Jack Johnson, Brendan Smith, and maybe Libor Hayek on the blue line. But he's been phenomenal, and he's really helped get the Rangers rebuild moving forward a lot faster. And the Rangers do love that U.S. program. They got Brett Berard from the 2020 draft coming in. Uh, in the past, they've drafted from the U.S. program. They've shifted a little bit towards the Euro Leagues and this past year the WHL. But in the past, they love the U.S. national program. And hopefully that's a sign of things to come for the U.S. hockey team in the Olympics and in the World Cup if we ever get another one of those. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> that's, that is a big difference, though, that, that you know, you, you – you know, as I, I can, you know, obviously as an Islander fan, I don't, I don't get to see that much of the Rangers, but it's, 
It's interesting to me that the Rangers really, you know, you're hearing about draft picks for a change, you know, where the development of these these players who were stepping in and becoming, you know, really fixtures of part of the Rangers are coming, you know, through the system. And, you know, and I remember uh, there's a, a gentleman, uh, Derek Waziak, who, who, you know, is a big Ranger fan who's done shows here. And, you know, he used to lament on on the fact that the Rangers really never, you know, relied on, on the drafts and were always quick to, to, to trade away pieces to get guys to step in instantly. So, I mean, is this something you, you've noticed, too, or you feel, or, or, or are we just, you know, misreading here? So... In the, I mean, we're talking about the pre-lockout Rangers where they did everything possible to basically throw as much money as they could at any free agent, and they were awful. No, the 97 through 2004 years were the dark ages. We didn't have any top pick, <laughs> picks except for 1999, and that went over swimmingly with that draft. But that for a while, seven, eight years, the Rangers just traded everybody away and starting post lockout starting with the salary cap which may have been the best thing that ever happened to the rangers they really put a focus on drafting until they had their base and they were looking to make that last run at a cup and we saw that with the brad Richards signing trading for rick nash marion gabbert signing and those were supposed to be those pieces that put them over over and got them to a cup and while they did fall short you know, 2012, they made a conference final. 2014, they went to the cup final. 2015, another conference final. And if not for bad coaching in 2016, another conference final. There's no <laughs> way they should have lost to the Senators, but that's a sore topic. For yeah, me. I, 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 I can hear your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sore topic. Um, and then with the letter, you saw it again. They really focused on drafting. With starting with the 2017 draft, and yeah, they whiffed on Leah Anderson. But they still got Filipino in 2017. Yeah, 2018 is a home run. They got Kravtsov coming over. They got Miller already in the NHL. They got this kid, Nils Lundqvist, in Sweden, who hopefully signs his ELC this year. He's going to be up there with Adam Fox in terms of top defensemen on the Rangers. You got Surprise and Laurie Pajuniemi in Finland, who is lighting up the league right I've now. Heard, I've heard him. And you go, yep. you know, Kako they lucked out with. You know, it's not often you win a draft lottery, you get the second overall pick. That 2019 draft was absolutely stellar, and then they win the lottery again, and they had a great draft in 2020, landing laugh, and yep. the rest of the picks were pretty solid. Their scouting department is great, and it's really tough to argue with the success they have. And people will say, yeah, but they won two straight draft lotteries. You need luck. Yeah, yeah. There's no question Absolutely. about it. There's no question about it. But, but it's the depth picks that are really working out. You know, Heedle was a 21st overall pick. Miller and Lundqvist, 22nd and 28th overall. You got Matt Robertson, 49th overall. Zach Jones, 68th overall. Braden Schneider, 19th. All these look like they're home run picks, and it's really tough to argue with that success. And all credit goes to Gordy Clark on that. Right. So they've really turned away from signing those free agents and trading everybody and their mother away just for that one fancy name. 
And we may get that. They have the pieces. Jack Eichel is supposed to be on the trading block. We may get a trade like that, but they're not emptying the cupboard right. to yeah. get an Eichel or somebody like that. They're still going to have a ton of good to solid prospects in the system, and that's the biggest difference we see in the Cap Arrow Rangers. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, let's let's um, let's talk about Alexei Lafreniere. I mean, to me, I, I I watched a lot of his a lot of his play in the queue, and and I was just very very impressed. And I knew, you know, I just had a feeling that it was the way he was going his career was going to start. To me, he just it just reminds me of the pressure of being a first overall pick. I look at Jack Hughes last year and look how how, how he struggled out of the gate with New Jersey, but but all of a sudden now in year two he seems to pick the gear. Um, do you do you see a similar possible situation with him that he's you know you know maybe squeezing that stick a little too hard or having the pressure of being that number one overall pick, you know in in his uh, in his mind. So it's tough with laugh because. You know the skill is there. That goal in tight the other uh, yesterday mm-hmm. was yes. it, it just showcased what he can do. Quick hands. In, make, that goal is very tough to put in. And he was basically able to roof the backhand from a foot out from the net. So the skill is there. People are worried about only two goals so far. But you look at the Rangers. They're not putting up goals. No. I mean, they have 39 goals through, what is this, 16 games so far? Right. Yeah, 39-16. Yeah. This is not the high-powered offense they had last year. The power play isn't scoring, and it's a team-wide issue. And I don't think it's so much gripping his stick as much as, as it is he's shooting 1%. Right. Sorry, 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 I got that wrong. He's shooting 9%. 9%. I did math wrong. <laughs> Um, that's not something that's going to sustain itself. And the Rangers just, I hate to bring it back to Mika Zibanejad, but until he gets going, the opposition is going to focus on other players that are talented, like Last, who is still putting the puck on net, just getting a little bit of rough puck luck. And I don't know, I'm not worried. I know a lot of people are. But you look at what Capococco's done this year. He may not have the points, but he looks good. Laugh also looks good. He just doesn't have the points yet. And over an 82-game season, it would usually even out. You'd see Laugh go on a run. You'd see Kako go on a run. But with 56 games, we may not see it this year. And yeah. that just means all the better for next year when we get when they have a full season under the belt and they have time in a full 82-game season to really get their legs under them and kind of let these rough luck streaks that they're going through kind of even out. And that's the thing because, and, I, and I've and i said this a few times, we've had different people on, the fact that, A, it's a 56-game season, and, B, we're really in a strange time where we're just playing within the division. You kind of see the same teams, what, eight times over, and it's really... You, it's going to be very tough for any team to go on a lengthy run and really see everybody firing on on all cylinders because of the grind. And of course, you throw in the injury because of the fact that the, the schedule's tight, and then of course the the you know looming problem of COVID shutting teams down. 
So, you know, I, I agree. I, I don't know if we're going to really see for any team, whether it's the Islanders or the Rangers, are we really going to see that kind of, this is what we really got, you know? Yeah. And I, I do kind of feel bad for Islander fans. No offense. You guys don't deserve what has been going on in sense of the, the free agent drama or the restricted free agent drama, the inconsistent play, no offense. You know, I like, I have Islander fan friends. No, I hate the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest now. The fans don't deserve the quite honest, terrible mismanagement of your bottom six to have that much money committed to 20 goals a year is a little bit brutal. And it, mm-hmm. that's why you had to trade Devon Taves. Because yep. you couldn't sign him. That's and exactly he's right. a good defenseman. Yep. Luckily, Trotz is a great coach. But if you don't have somebody to support Barzell, yeah. 50-15-82 game season, COVID, non-COVID, not going to go far. Yeah, right. I mean, we're looking for the Oliver Wallstroms. And, and keep but it. I feel bad for the fans. Yeah, no, I I hear you. Where we were, we've been lamenting about it. You know, you know, we're looking, you know, for the the Oliver Wallstroms and the Kiefer Bellows to to come in and step up. And if they do, then that helps our case. Um, you know, um, I will say, you know, I used to um, cover the Islanders as a blogger, and one of my first interviews I did uh, was with Ryan Strom. So I've always had a, a place for him. And you know, every time you you think that. You know, his career is going to start taking a tail, tailspin turn. He turns things around. and I'm, I'm not sure if it's my line or yours, but I'm kind of catching every other word. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, every Ryan Strom, it seems like every time I think he's going to have a little problem and and take a, a, a turn for the worse, he comes back out of... Uh, comes back out of the, of the ashes and, and turns his season around. I mean, I don't know if it's basically because he's trying to keep up with his brother or the fact of trying to keep a job. But he, to, to me, I'm I'm very pleased with the way he's uh, he's played so far this season. Man, Ryan Strom has been something else. I uh, I have put a lot of ink to paper about Strom's season last year. It was unsustainable. He didn't do anything outside of his time with Panarin, and there was no way he was going to be able to repeat the year. But now he's their best center right now. And he's not hes not just their best center. He's doing it by actually looking good on the ice. He's mm-hmm. power play aside and empty nets aside, because for some unknown reason he can't hit an empty net. <laughs> but Could do it on the island either. His, oh, man. But his <laughs> process and his defensive play have been so much better this year. Yep. And, again, I want to attribute that, the defensive play at least, to Jacques Martin, but it, he's driving offense, and he's doing it, yes, he's with Panarin, but Panarin doesn't have the same underlying numbers that Strom has, and it's interesting to see. Strom, you know, the Rangers are looking are going to be looking for another center, and the question that I've always had is, do they need another one now? I think they do just as depth, because we've seen what the Philip Heedle injury has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when they're looking for that center, Strom is now the barometer of can we improve on him, not oh we need to replace him because he's bad, and that's a shift. Not uh, I should, I won't say not many people, but it's a shift that I didn't expect. I look at the underlying numbers, the analytics a lot, the expected goals for, 
and the expected goals against. And last year and throughout his career, Strom has generally been somebody who can ride along with a great player but never drives on his own. And this year he's driving on his own. Yeah. Mm. And uh, all the power to him. I don't know what changed. Maturity. But for four and a half million dollars, the Rangers won't get much better than that for a middle six center. Mm-hmm. So I know that he's a little bit of a sore spot for Islander fans because that thirty goal year, and then he fell off a cliff. But I, I don't think about that. I don't know I, you know, I, I always I like the like guy. Him right now, I can't believe I'm saying these words right now. <laughs> and if I ever write that I don't like him, you guys can you know ping me and let me know. Just so you know, you went on record saying you like him. Right now, if he continues like this, i got no problems with him and his contract. I'm good. I've always liked him. I've always wished the best for him. And, you know, it could be just one of those things. Some guys take time to develop and find their way and learn and be comfortable with the kind of player they are, you know. Well, and you thought when he left the island. It doesn't really hurt either. Right, and you thought when he left the island and went to Edmonton, there would have been an opportunity for him, and and he just... Botched it. He botched it, he botched it big time, and I and and I, you know, saw when he you know when he first started the garden. I'm like, I, I don't know. I was like, is this career going off the cliff? And yeah, I'm still only catching every other word. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. What's happening? Oh, sorry. Let me move. John, I'm trying to figure out if it's my headset or not, but I I put you on speaker and it was still just that. Okay. How about is this a little better? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Um. Now what's this what's the deal with uh with the Rangers getting all these Long Island players? It's like Anthony I, I, I by the way, I love I love Fox. He's a, he, I mean to me again another great thing. You get Potato, you get Kincaid, it's like four Long Islanders on yeah. this team. And all four of them were Ranger fans growing up, which really ticks me off. Now, <laughs> Fox we were Fox we were gifted. He oh was, yeah, he no, said no question. Calgary into Carolina, you know what? I don't care. I'm signing with the Rangers. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a great move on that part. For one of the best defensemen in the league, uh, I'm not complaining. No, no, he's yeah. he's been he's been. A- New York's been a hotbed for hockey though, and you know, we see it with the four guys on the Rangers. You give it another couple of years, Southern New York, Long Island. Uh, you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of NHLers co- coming from this area. New no. York is a hockey state. It's it's getting and it's, it's getting- finally cold enough now for us to play hockey in winter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually have a um, a twelve year old godson who is um, who's who's a goalie and is playing all over the place, and he's he's incredible. And I I can't wait for another four or five years when he when he uh, gets to sign a contract. Well, maybe our team, but that's yeah. Keep him playing, keep him moving. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's actually playing. He's a seventh grader. He's actually playing on his ninth grade uh, high school team. So yeah, it's, it's, oh wow, it's getting it's getting there. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, no pressure. No, no pressure at all. But, <laughs> but you know what? Um, again, we were talking about the division, and, and you know, I mean, I don't know about, I don't know how old you are, and I'm not going to ask. But I mean, John and I have, have uh, been following uh, following hockey for the better part of five decades, and you know, I mean, the biggest thing I've been enjoying the fact is that the fa- you know the fact that the Rangers and Islanders get to play eight times. You know, it's uh, you know the, the way the scheduling and everything works. You know, it's 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 four games a year, and it just it just you know although it excites you a little bit, it's just not much. It's not as much as this season where we're going to be playing eight times. I mean, you know, it's too bad the fans really can't get to experience eight times a year though. You know, still better than the AHL where they only play two opponents all year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Jeez. that's crazy. I, the Eastern Division is just 
an absolute dogfight. You got some great teams in there, and these are all teams that will play each other a lot in the future. You got teams that are on the decline, like Pittsburgh, and on the rise, hopefully, like the Rangers and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> and getting in these eight games a year, eight games each against them, it's going to build that rivalry, and I think it's going to make the playoff matchups going forward, especially if the teams don't have much turnover, that much more exciting and that much more like old-time hockey. Now, I remember the Rangers and the Devils in the 90s. Um, I was too young for the 80s. Okay. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what I, that's what the, I figured. The Rangers and Islanders, the Rangers and Devils in the 90s, and then the Rangers and the Bruins in the in the early 2010s. Yeah. Now, it's just the, the rivalry there. It, it's just a different level of rivalry that anybody in the league has, aside from maybe Detroit and Colorado. Yeah, and yeah, the intensity. B- building this up like this, I like it. I think it le- it lays the foundation for some mean series. But it's not just mean where you're going to get a one nothing five shots on goal kind of a game. It's going to be mean, but there's enough skill across the board that we're going to get mean and fun to watch. Right. And I'm excited for that. It's rough this year because... I have no desire to face the Bruins or the Caps eight times this year. <laughs> yeah. Or the Flyers for that matter. I mean, could you, could you imagine, could you imagine, you know, like the situation that St. Louis and, and Arizona had where they had to play each other seven consecutive times over like a two week span? Yeah. I would have lost my mind if the Rangers had to play the Islanders like five times in a, in a, in, in twelve days. I mean, it's bad. It's bad enough we played. It's bad enough the Owls playing the Penguins six times in a month. But to play like I don't know. I wouldn't mind playing the Islanders six times in a row. That'd be <laughs> fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, but I would. I would. David, you're David. Are you both. taking heart medication right now? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> you, I may, you may end up doing that. Give, us, give, it, give it about 10 years. If you had to go through yeah, that, you might be yeah, experiencing you might be, what we might be experiencing. You might be expediting that, right, you know, by that wish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With all the shoveling I've had to do, I might be expediting it because of that. Yeah. more times this year than the past 15 years combined. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you and us both, exactly. <laughs> so listen, David, in a minute or two we got left on the show. Why don't you just give a, a, a plug on where they could reach uh, where you're writing and uh, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, first, thank you guys very much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, I would love to do this again. Let me know. Absolutely. We absolutely will. Absolutely, absolutely will. Awesome. Awesome. And I can. I have been owning and operating blueseatblogs.com for the better part of 13 years now. Oh, God, 13 years. Uh, I can be reached on social media at blueseatblogs. And if you want to get in touch with any of the other fantastic writers, yeah, you do out. have a good staff. I've been reading some of your stuff. There's eight or nine of them now. And, and uh, again, thanks for having me. This has been great. No, absolutely. A lot of fun. Yeah, uh, again, for those of you that, uh, that do follow the red, white, and blue, definitely check their, uh, their site out. They got a good staff of writers. Um, I've been reading some of their, some of their work and it, it is, and again, it's always, Good as and John as I have always said on the show, you know we we do 
pride our orange and blue, but we do pride our game following the game. Yeah, the NHL as well. Just, so right. we we, uh, we definitely uh, want to keep you as a friend of the show, and uh, anytime we can get you to come on, we definitely will. We'll definitely bring you on. Yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I I love talking hockey, and you know, I got to admit, it's kind of like the Islanders were spinning the color wheel and they said, "We want to go red, white, and blue, but we can't, so we're going to go orange." Yeah. And <laughs> it is the it is the colors of the county, That's so right. you can't you can't knock that, you know. Uh, although you did miss a prime opportunity to go reverse retro with the fisherman jersey, uh, that would have been great. David, I own one. I've owned one proudly for twenty five years. So and he wears it to the, and to I the do, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, when the Islanders don't play well, I bring out my fisherman jersey. Say you don't deserve my regular colors. <laughs> it, but that logo was so bad. That it's now good. Yes, yes exactly. It's true. The young kids, music, the, you know, the young kids love it. What can I tell you? After it now. Listen, listen, Dave. We really appreciate you uh, taking a few moments and joining us. And listen, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll definitely catch yeah, you down the road at the end of the season. Thanks. Thanks. You guys too. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. That Bye. was fun. That, that was, was fun. Great. David Shapiro, Blue Sheep, Blue Blue Seat Blogs. Definitely check them out. Uh, we got a minute to go. We want to thank our guest, uh, Rich Pilon, who was a great yeah. interview. And uh, like I said, Paul, if you're listening, he's up two to one on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and Aaron Asham as well. Uh, definitely some great hosts. Uh, John, uh, always a pleasure. Um, thank you, Brian uh, yes, Grace, on the other usual. side of the glass. Uh, no coffee for John, but he'll uh, live. It's all right. I made it. You made it. You made it through another show. Yes. You made it through another show, but. Uh, Again, we thank you for joining us again. Uh, make sure you check out uh, check out the at WGBB Sports Talk to check out the ne- upcoming shows. Um, you can check us out also on Twitter at, at GHardingWGBB and at HockeyBlindside is both of our Twitter handles. Um, also, uh, we probably will be on Isles Talk on Wednesday night, uh, which is on Facebook Live. Uh, you can definitely check us out at, at www.facebook.com slash Isles Talk. Um, I did the show with Paul last week, and I think the three of us will go back on. It'll be, it'll really be like old times. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, definitely. Uh, so we thank you once again for tuning tonight on WGBB Sports Talk New York. Um, and if I can safely say, it's time to come off the air. So, in the words of our of my great friend, Mr. the late great Mr. Bill Hayes, keep skating, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. On 95.9 FM and 12.40 AM, WGBB. Have a great evening. The views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.